This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, February 2nd. 2021. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. We'll be joined in just a minute by our usual guest, Dwayne Long, but there is some house cleaning to do. Tomorrow is National Signing Day. 24-7 Sports in conjunction with CBS Sports HQ will be putting on a show all day. Wall-to-wall coverage. Why is this super important? Well... The one prospect out there that Ohio State is chasing that's going to commit tomorrow, Rajon Davis, linebacker out of modern day, will announce his commitment live on the show at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Rajon Davis will announce his commitment live on the 24-7 Sports College Football Signing Day show at 11.30 a.m. tomorrow. We are hopeful he will be a Buckeye. We will get into that at length here. Also, if you are not a premium member, now is the time to join. Signing Day ends tomorrow at midnight. That is when the promo ends. 60% off. 60% off for a year's worth of coverage. You cannot get a better deal than that. Also, after Dwayne, you want to stick around. Dane Brugler from The Athletic, the premier NFL draft analyst in the business, was in Mobile for the Senior Bowl and has complete and total breakdowns on every Buckeye there, how they looked, and how it will affect their draft stock. Now, Dwayne, how goes it? Uh, I got a fresh cold, so uh, hang with me, Buckeye Nation. We've been through worse, Dwayne. Let's talk about the man of the hour. That's Rajon Davis. There was a point in time I thought he was a complete pipe dream. Linebacker out of California, committed to LSU. He decommitted from LSU, and he made a visit to Ohio State a few weeks ago. He's been rumored to be a package deal with Domani Jackson, defensive back, and Jackson has committed to USC. Though it does seem at this point that Ohio State's chief competition is USC. How do you see the Rajon Davis thing working out? What do you think of him as a player, et cetera? Well, um, let's start with him as a player. This kid is five-star across the board. He is prototype for a high school linebacker going into college. He's just the ideal size. Uh, you know, just the 250-pound the, the outside linebackers, were, uh, no, not in a 4-3 defense. We're not going to see him anymore. Um, we're talking about guys that are going to play at 225, 230, because the, the responsibilities are different. Uh, it used to be run first. Now it's not. And this kid, you, you watch his film and, and uh, he is so outstanding in coverage. He plays. He can. He can play man. He plays zone. He's just ideal for what 
modern college defenses and, and really pro defenses want to do. He steps out to cover slot receivers so you can stay in your base defense, and he does a great job at it. It's not like he's adequate. He can, he can hold his own. He's outstanding. He's probably going to be better than any safety you could put on the field at that time. And, and, and he's also outstanding uh, when they just cut him loose. Uh, and watching him run people down, he's running down quarterbacks from behind. He's running down running backs from behind. He's, this, is, this is a big get if we can pull this one off. He's a special player. I have a source who I think is very close to the recruitment, and I asked in the last 24 hours, is Rajon a Buckeye? And the answer I got was not yet, which is rather ominous. So your thoughts? Well, I, it's, it's really uh, uh, playing the odds, uh, trying to get a kid out of California whose, whose boy is going to USC and he's got an offer for, from USC. I mean, it's just a difficult thing to do with these, with these big-name schools. It's going to be hard to come into Ohio and take a kid with a high State offer out of here. It's that way. It, it, it's just the home state school. That's what a kid's grown up with. And uh, it's probably where they've had dreams of playing at uh, for as long as they've been playing the game. So uh, I'm in the uh, show me category. Uh, I need to see it happen to believe it. But, I mean, this kid is special. He is a naked jaunt get if we can pull this one off. I agree. It does seem like he's going to go to USC. There you have it, people. A quick look at what's coming up tomorrow. Make sure you have it locked in here. Make sure you have a premium membership. Make sure if you don't have a premium membership, you get one soon because the deal is running out. Once again, 60% off until the end of tomorrow. Make sure you get it done. Stick around for the most complete breakdown of the Senior Bowl. When it comes to the Buckeyes, there is Dane Brugler coming up. We appreciate Dwayne stopping by. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As promised, Bucknutters, we are back with Dane Brugler, draft analyst from The Athletic, well-known as the best in the business. Dane is back from what was a different senior bowl. Dane, how was spending time in Alabama? It was great. It was, like you said, it was different. Um, you know, I've been going uh, over a decade now uh, to, to Mobile every January, and you know, it's it's one of my favorite weeks of the year uh, because of the access, the ability to learn about more about these players. Um, and this year was just totally different. And it, it wasn't helped that uh, this is the first year at a new stadium as well. No more Lad Peebles. We're at uh, the football uh, facilities on South Alabama's campus, which is very, very nice. Uh, but again, just different. And, you know, throw in the COVID and all the uh, protocols, uh, very, very different year uh, than normal. But nonetheless, I'm very, very grateful that they were able to pull it off. And uh, o- overall, it was just a, it was a very successful week. Very important in the draft process as well. A lot of success stories come out of the Senior Bowl. 
guys. I mean, if you watch it now, there are guys from Wisconsin Whitewater who made themselves some cash down there. So it's a necessary drill. Thankfully, they were able to pull it off. Because without the combine, we don't know what pro days are going to look like. We don't know. There's so much unknown the next three months with the draft process and what it's going to look like. And, you know, uh, you know, there's going to be plenty of interviews, but they're all going to be Zoom calls and not face-to-face. So this is an opportunity. If you were in Mobile this week, this is an opportunity for you to have FaceTime uh, with two coaching staffs, uh, be able for these all, all the personnel from the NFL around the league in town, see you in pads and a helmet and compete. Uh, you know, and, and for some guys that opted out, this is the only time we got to see them this year. But we just don't know what the rest of the process is going to look like. So the Senior Bowl is always important. This year, the added importance, uh, I think, cannot be understated. Is it Jim Nagy, the name of the gentleman who runs it? Correct, yeah. And Jim did an outstanding job this year making sure uh, it was a safe environment and they pulled it off. And, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit for – and he's a former scout. I mean, he's a long-time, long-time scout. So he understands the importance of of this week and, uh, you know, just how – we don't know what the rest of the process is going to look like, but he was committed to giving – the league this week uh, at the senior bowl to uh, you know, better understand this group of players. I'll bet you that after the draft, Nagy has a stat available soon after it, that guys who went to the senior bowl across the board are going to get a bump out of this just because people know more about them. Oh yeah. Every year. Um, you know, he, he, he does a great job every year of saying, well, uh, X amount of senior bowlers were first round picks this year, or top 100 picks or, and, and this year it's going to be even more so. That's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be exaggerated this year. No, no question. No question. Because that's exactly what we just talked about. Being able to have that FaceTime, being able to just know and understand these players more because so much of the draft process is learning about them. And we also have to remember too, NFL scouts haven't been able to be on the road. They weren't allowed to be on the road in the fall. So, you know, usually when uh, Columbus is just a turnstile for scouts coming in and out of there, uh, it, that wasn't the case. You know, there were a lot of rules uh, about, okay, you could go to games, but you can't, uh, you know, you get to sit in the press box. You can't talk to players before or after you can't go to practice during the week. You can't, there, there's so many rules for the, for the area scouts throughout the week or throughout the fall that the, all, all that information they usually gather, it was through zoom or just trusting, you know, their coaching staffs on, on teams so, uh, you know, there's just that added extra element of not fully knowing. Uh, and you can watch all the tape to know the player, but understanding the person and their work ethic and their leadership and their character and all these things, that's, that's just as important to these, these NFL teams when talking about stacking them on a draft board. We had an item in yesterday's boarding house about Ohio State players being super prepared for these events. We had four guys down there with pads on. Trey Sermon was also there just to get measured. Could not play, obviously, after hurting his shoulder against Alabama in the national championship game. But Tough Boylan, Baron Browning, Justin Hilliard, and Jonathan Cooper did compete. I was hoping we'd discuss this before the show. I'm just going to step away here and let you take over. If you could just go through each guy and kind of go quickly. How do you measure? How do you practice? How do you play in the game? How did it affect his draft stock? Yeah, and also mentioned Josh Myers as well, who had to pull out uh, due to turf toe. Um, and so that's unfortunately, he wasn't able to uh, participate. And, and Trey Sermon was on hand. He was at every single practice. He was in his jersey, just no pads, nothing. Um, he, uh, for weight, he did weigh in. He was uh, six foot and a quarter, 213 pounds, 32 inch arms, 
um, you know, looked really good uh, during the weigh-ins. And so uh, bummer we didn't get to see him practice, but I think it says a lot about him that he was uh, at practice every day. And, you know, he, he understood the opportunity that he had by just being there and being present and, uh, you know, rooting on uh, his Buckeye teammates. Uh, it was fun to see him interact with R- Ramondre St- uh, Stevenson, the Oklahoma running back, his former teammate from Norman. Um, so, you know, Trey Sermon right away. Uh, and, it's, and that's part of the uh, advantage of being in the stands and watching a senior bowl practice is understanding the interaction between these players and seeing a Trey Sermon and how he's, uh, you know, interacting with the teammates. And, and that's something that's a takeaway that stays with you. Um, and that's something that I think, you know, you, you mentioned it, how these guys are prepared. Uh, I, I think there's several schools, I mean, you know, a few schools that really, uh, I think, hammer home the idea of, okay, it's, it's time to be a professional. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're in college athletics, but we run this organization like a professional team and they adapt that professional mindset very early. And that shows at an event like this, I think Notre Dame's one of those, uh, you know, the Notre Dame players that were down here, I thought it was, it was similar. Ohio state's one of them where, you know, they're just, they're ready for this stage. It's, it's not too big. It's not, uh, you know, a, a totally uncomfortable environment. These guys are ready to be pros and they understand the opportunity that's here. And I think Trey Sermon, uh, a perfect or a perfect example of that. Uh, the linebackers. Um, so you know, Baron Browning, he's the the top rated Ohio State linebacker prospect this year. Six three, uh, two hundred forty one pounds, thirty three inch arms, ten inch hands, eighty one uh, inch wingspan. This guy is just enormous, and it, it really makes it interesting uh, to see him uh, when he's weighing in, and then during practice. Because these guys practice based off of how teams are thinking about using them at the next level. And so we saw Baron Browning do a little bit of everything uh, as a blitzer, uh, as a guy that could cover during, uh, you know, drills, uh, seven on seven, during nine on seven, during team drills, uh, just doing a lot of different things. And he, he showed out very well. Uh, you see the athleticism. Um, you know, he could I, I think he showed he could be a designated pass rusher. He could play in space. Uh, he could play off the ball. There's so much there that he can do. And I think the biggest question with him, it's going to be just the the mental part and how quickly can he diagnose and read his keys. And I think he came, um, you know, came along this year. Um, and at a place like the Senior Bowl, it's more about the athleticism and movements. Um, but nonetheless, I think Baron Browning um, confirmed what we already knew going in and maybe helped himself a little bit. So I think he's somewhere in that that second round range. Um, uh, Justin Hilliard, it, so, so good to see him out there moving around and, you know, not worrying about, you know, is he, is he hindered by something? Is he limping? Is he, you know, any of that, which is just awesome. Um, he came in at 6'1", 227 pounds, uh, 30 and three quarter inch arms, nine inch hands, uh, not quite as big as Browning, obviously, but, uh, another guy that moved around really well. Um, uh, you know, we, we saw it late in the season when he got on the field, he made you notice him. Um, and he has twitch, he's got speed and he didn't play, uh, you know, like he was holding back this week. He played loose, he played fast. Um, and then, you know, it's just another guy that it stands out with his interaction with the teammates. Um, they, they type of guy that everyone just endears themselves to, uh, because of his story, because of the way he carries himself, his character. So, um, you know, Hilliard, you know, it, it, as great of a week as he as he had, we know it just co- is going to come down to the medicals. Um, if he flunks the medicals, then it's just he's not going to get drafted. 
But if, uh, you know, if there are a few teams that say, well, he's got a chance, you know, he could maybe he can play out his rookie contract for us or, you know, whatever the diagnosis is, then he, he has a very good chance of getting drafted somewhere on day three because of uh, the talent. That talent's not the question. Uh, tough Borland uh, up and down uh, week for him um, and during drills and just trying to hold up in space for some of these shifty athletes. And it's tough for these these linebackers, um, you know, one on one in space. Tough Borland, uh, you know, come, he weighed in at uh, six foot, uh, right around six foot even, 230 pounds, 31 inch arms. Uh, honestly, better numbers than I uh, almost expected. I, I thought he might be under six foot uh, with closer to 30 inch arms, which it's just, it's a killer for linebackers. Um, but he came in solid uh, in terms of what was expected from a height weight uh, perspective. Um, you know, he's, He's a guy that's going to have to make a living on special teams. Um, and I think that showed this week, just trying to cover tight ends, trying to cover, uh, you know, backside of the backfield. It, it was a struggle for him. And, you know, there are a couple of times where he's able to do it because he's so instinctive and he has such a good feel for what the offense is trying to do. But at the end of the day, you know, he can only do so much uh, with, uh, you know, his athletic gifts. So um, special teams is going to be uh, the key for him getting drafted and then sticking on a roster uh, and then the final guy, Jonathan Cooper, uh, who uh, let's see, he came in at for the weigh-ins, uh, six, uh, almost 6'3", 254 pounds, 31 five-eighths inch uh, arms. Uh, average numbers, you want to see a little bit longer arms, uh, ideally from a pass rusher. Um, but, you know, he's the, what we saw from Jonathan Cooper on tape this year for, at Ohio State was what we saw in mobile. I mean, the guy just goes so hard, so fast. He does not slow down. Uh, he's just relentless. And that that's not an act. It's not uh, unforced. Uh, it's or I'm sorry, it's not forced. It's something that's very natural to him with uh, the way he plays. And that showed this week during practice. It showed during the game. Uh, Jonathan Cooper, I, I think. Uh, just, uh, you know, reinforced exactly what he is. And that's just a hard charging guy, relentless energy guy, uh, not going to be a starter in the NFL, most likely, but he's going to, you know, work himself into a rotation and be a great presence in a locker room. So, um, you know, just the, the pulse of a team type of guy. And, and that's something that showed this week. You think he'll get drafted? I think he's on the fringe. I, I think he's a borderline guy. It's pass rusher is a loaded position this year there's a lot of pass rushers and it'll just come down to you know uh i think teams will have draftable grades on him i think teams will have six seventh round grades on him it just comes down to you know when we get to that point in the draft are it does the teams that have him uh graded uh there have a need at a position and ready to pull the trigger and you know all that so there are some circumstances but he will have draftable grades around the league i'll get you out on this dane i'd be remiss if i didn't ask about him I think we're, you know, in the process that already started with the Matt Stafford, Jared Goff trade of one of the wildest offseason for quarterbacks, given the contract status and career kind of arcs of so many of the guys who are starting. And then you have a draft with you're hearing rumors of maybe as many as five guys in the first round. So there's going to be a complete musical chairs. I'm not going to ask you about what you think of Justin Fields as a player, but have you heard anything about where he might end up? Is there a team that's geeked on him is there a way you could is there a team you think that's going to emerge from all this with Justin Fields you know I think it's still too early to say with any certainty that you know definitely the Panthers or definitely the Falcons or you know anything like that 
Um, you know, it, it's, and that's, that's where it's going to be a bummer not having the combine. Cause that's where me personally, I know that's where I learned so much. Um, and not just, I'm not talking about watching 40 yard dashes. I'm talking about, uh, you know, St. Elmo's at eight o'clock, uh, you know, on a random Wednesday night, learning this stuff. It, it, it's something that it's going to be a, a missing, you know, part of the puzzle this year, uh, you know, learning those things. Um, but you know, the Justin Fields conversation is, I think it's the same as it's been the last few months. And, you know, I know, uh, not, not a, a lot of Ohio state fans, uh, were, were not happy with me when, you know, I put Zach Wilson number two back in, uh, October as a number two quarterback and, you know, this and that. And, uh, you know, but Justin Fields is a super talented quarterback and it just comes down to, um, you know, how his interviews go. That's, that's really going to swing the pendulum. That, that's going to determine how, how early he's drafted and where he is drafted because teams know how talented he is. You can watch the tape and know that. The big question is going to be just from, you know, mental capacity, mental development, um, you know, is he able to break down coverages? Is he able to break down the protection schemes? Um, you know, just understanding where he is in that mental development and what's his ceiling in terms of understanding what the defense is going to throw at him and then processing, using his eyes and, you know, executing that. That's, and that's something that you don't really understand until you can sit down with him, go over the film and just really walk through everything, um, every, every step of the process. So that, that's going to be the key to Justin Fields and determine, is he the second quarterback drafted, the fourth quarterback drafted? Is he drafted top five? Maybe he's drafted uh, just outside the top ten. I mean, that's, the, that's an important key piece of this entire conversation. But this is going to be a crazy quarterback offseason. Plenty of movement here coming up with trades, with free agency. And then, you know, that the dominoes are going to fall throughout the draft and it's going to be a lot of fun. If you're not following Dane Brugler on the draft, you are following behind. Dane, could not appreciate your effort more, buddy. Once again, I asked for five and got 20. Hey, anytime. I, usually when you ask to, to hop on, I, I block out half an hour at least just in case. <laughs> <laughs>